Trump supporters? Why do you scream at people for walking across the street three blocks away from the Capitol? Why are you known as badasses around the Capitol? But then Trump supporters come in and you open the f***ing doors for them. You open the doors for them and let them breach the people's house. Says Joe Scarborough the day after. We've had three Wednesdays in a row that were pretty interesting. Obviously, the siege on the Capitol. The next Wednesday, Trump was impeached. The next Wednesday, tomorrow, you get a new president. Mm. I hope we start tapering off on the uh, historic <laughs> level of Wednesdays here pretty soon. Uh, but that was the day after, and a lot of us had the same question. How the heck did you, did, did, did a crowd actually get in the Capitol? Um, and uh, Scarborough there was screaming at the, the Capitol Police. I have a buddy who's been doing security around Washington, D.C. for years who says the politicians jump down your throat so much if they're inconvenienced in the least that everybody has gotten scared to, like, even try to enforce any rules mm. because you get in so much trouble if you ask somebody for their badge. You don't know who I am? Get out of my way! You know, that sort of thing. Yeah. Um. So anyway... Uh, but I thought this piece in the Washington Post was pretty good to give you an idea of what some of the police were dealing with. And I've watched video after video now. I like it when people compare it to a medieval battlefield, because that is what it was like. You had big guys fighting it out for hours, hours, with sticks and bats and ropes and stuff like that. It's wow. just crazy. Wow. But anyway, I'll read this from the Washington Post. The headline, we got to hold this door. And you're going to hear from uh, at least a couple of the police officers we played clips from last week. Blinded by smoke and choking on gas and bear spray, stripped of his radio and badge, D.C. police officer Michael Fanone and his battered colleagues fought to push back rioters, trying to force their way into an entrance to the U.S. Capitol. These are not people who opened the door for rioters. The officers had been at it for hours unaware that others in the mob had already breached the building through different entrances. For them, the West Terrace doors, which open into a tunnel-like hallway, allowing access to an area under the rotunda, represented the last stand before the Capitol fell. Dig in, Fanon yelled, his voice cracking as he and others were being struck with their own clubs and shields ripped from their hands by rioters. we got to get these doors shut. An officer since 9-11, the 40-year-old Fanon, who had four daughters, had been working a crime suppression detail in another part of the district. He and his partner sped to the Capitol when the dispatchers broadcast an urgent citywide call. They were overthrowing the Capitol, the seat of the democracy, and I blanking went, he said. The officers at the West Terrace eventually pushed people away from the doors. It was only then that Fanon saw the immense, volatile crowd stretched out in front of him and realized what police were up against. We were battling 50 to 60 rioters in this tunnel, he said in the first public account who fought to protect the Capitol during last week's siege. We were battling 15,000 people. It looked like a medieval battle scene. Someone in the crowd grabbed Fanon's helmet, pulled him to the ground, and dragged him on his stomach down a, a flight of stairs. At around the same time, police said, the crowd pulled a second officer down the stairs. Police said that chaotic and violent scene was captured in a video that would let her spread widely on the Internet. Rioters swarmed, battering the officers with metal pipes peeled from scaffolding and a pole with an American flag attached, police said. Both were struck with stun guns. Fanon suffered a mild heart attack and drifted in and out of consciousness while he was fighting. Oh, my gosh. All the while, the mob was chanting, USA, USA, over and over again. We got one, we got one, Said he said he heard the rioters shout, kill him with his own gun. We played that last week. Whew, that is something. And it goes on with more details, but... 
Those were not guys that opened the doors to let people in. Right. Well, and it's worth pointing out that there were a couple lefty activists who've been uncovered who are part of it, uh, who are egging it on. But what that was was a problem on the right. Oh, absolutely. It's, absolutely. it's our own house, and, and we need to recognize that and be aware of it. Because, number one, it, if, it, if it continues on, it will utterly discredit conservatism. Because the media will gladly latch on. And, well, they'll do what, what Bill Maher is warning everybody not to do in a way, in a clip that we'll get to in a second. I want you to, I want to play a couple of different things. Um, Number one, and we heard from at least one listener who was there who said when the windows started to break, most of the crowd was screaming, stop that. What are you doing? Stop it. It was a hardcore of violent extremists. And in clip 20 here, you'll hear a guy. Why are you letting this? You'll hear a guy with full Trump regalia, the Make America Great Again, 45, Trump jacking on, the rest of it. Listen to him talk to the Capitol cops. Why are you letting this happen? Why haven't you called for backup? Where is your backup? This is our damn Capitol building, and y'all are letting it get destroyed on your watch. all you. Call for backup. Get some help down here. And if, and if they don't want to get you that guy probably should have been in charge, uh, but the uh, the media is more than anxious to uh, equate anybody to the right of Mitt Romney uh, <laughs> with the most violent of the rioters. And in clip 61, I think, uh, well, you know what? Let's play you, Bill Maher, in just a second after a quick word from our friends at Car Shield. Uh, you may be shocked at the liberal host's opinion, but... Uh, when the temperature drops, like it is this time of year, the chances of something going uh, sideways in your car go up. Expensive repairs of your cars, we all dread it. But you need the reassurance that if anything happens, you're protected. That's why you call Car Shield. Yep, Car Shield can save you thousands for a covered repair, and it's just going to make you feel more protected. That, that, that's a good feeling. Whether you got a car with 5,000 miles or 150,000 miles, CarShield gets you 24-7 nationwide roadside assistance. And if your car is going to be worked on for a while, you can get a rental car coverage, too, at no additional cost. For the repair, you can take it to your favorite mechanic or dealership to do the work. And it's the modern thing. Opt in, opt out. No long contracts. They protect you 24-7 national roadside assistance. Just great. Go to carshield.com and use the code Armstrong to save 10%. That's carshield.com. Use the code Armstrong. Uh, deductible may apply, but go to carshield.com. Uh, code Armstrong. You know, th- from the Washington Post article, it seems pretty clear to me, and I didn't realize before, that the, the, the battle was on three fronts. The, the, the main West Terrence entrance we were just talking about, where they for hours fought this group from getting in the main door. And, um, you know, and then it was happening on the sides where they, where they did get in and poured in. But the, the DC police believes that if, if the cops had not been able to fight that crowd off for those two hours, thousands more people would have gotten into the Capitol and who knows what would have happened. Yeah. Good gracious. The, the violence could have been incredible. And uh, one more point about the cops and the activities of the cops. And so often it's the higher ups and the political leaders who enact the policies that the beat the, the frontline guys are blamed for whether it's not getting reinforcements or the pentagon not liking the optics of the national guard the rest of it um there were a number of scenes where 
the cops were accused by the Joe Scarborough types of letting people in or going soft on them because they're white. Ladies and gentlemen, that's called de-escalating. I've seen quite a few videos where the cops are saying, look, folks, I'm going to have to ask you to leave, trying to keep things cool, trying to de-escalate, which y'all were screaming for an entire summer, cops need to learn to do. But now that people broke into the Capitol, which is loathsome, you just immediately want heads split open. Which one is it? Anyway, I heard Van Jones on the unwatchable, unlistenable CNN this morning. If you're just tuning in, I watch CNN to punish myself for my sins. Uh, and Van Jones was making the point to his empty-headed uh, fellow uh, panelists and idiotic hosts that, look, your victory dance declaring every Trump voter uh, a, a terrorist and a racist is going to drive them into the arms of the extreme right, and it's a terrible idea. Meanwhile, Bill Maher in clip uh, 61 made this point. Let's not confuse 5,000 people with 74 million. Yes, even supporting the insurrection in spirit is, well, deplorable. But there's a difference between holding illiberal beliefs and acting violently on them. At least that's what they always told me about Islamic terrorism. Exactly. The idea that anybody who voted for Trump is a small-minded racist idiot will make the problem worse. And, and you know, we've heard a lot of the incoming administration say things that are more or less that. And then they say, but it's time for healing. It's time to come together. Uh, I don't think, as Hillary Clinton said in her podcast, we got to play that clip again, that we need a 9-11-style panel to figure out if Trump was on the phone with Putin during this. But the She F- actually said that, friends. But the FBI is going to catch a whole bunch of these people and they're going to get into their laptops and their communications and they're going to put them in positions where they want to tell the truth. And we're going to find out how coordinated it was, who was behind it, what groups are with. And I'm fascinated to find out. I I think it's going to be really, really interesting because there was definitely a coordination to it. There was a chunk of people and I don't have the slightest idea if it's a hundred or a thousand, but they knew exactly what they were going to do and how they were going to do it. And we're ready, equipped. Yeah. Yep. Speaking of law and order, Justice uh, Deion Sanders has had his boombox stolen. Uh-oh. Who would Prime steal? Prime time with no boombox. Who would steal Deion's boombox? People still have boomboxes? Deion Sanders did. You can still buy a boombox. I don't know. Can you? Mm. Oh. Uh, we'll bring you that story. <laughs> Will we? <laughs> we could. A uh, 55-year-old football star had his boombox stolen. Full team coverage. And a trade-off on ideas uh, of ideas on whether the impeachment ought to move forward. Oh. I mean, they're still talking about doing it. Is that starting like Thursday? Well, you know what? I wanted to, I heard that asked to one of the people in charge today, and the answer will shock you. Okay, I want to hear that. So stay with us. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. It's freedom of speech. If we don't have that, we don't have a, a democracy. And the entire world wants him to pardon, or most of the world wants him to pardon Julian Assange. This is why he's president. This is, I think, the defining moment. This is his time to shine, to really um, make an impression on the world that this was 
um, freedom of speech, because if this goes to trial, that's the end of the First Amendment. That pardon is sitting on his desk, and he needs to do the right thing. This is one of those moments in history, in his lifetime, too, that he needs to make the right decision. And so it's all up to, you know, President Trump. That is professional displayer of boobs, Pamela Anderson. That was pretty cogent, though. I mean, that, was. Was, that, was, that was good. She's, yeah. She doesn't sound like a dummy. I don't know if I've ever heard Pam Anderson Baywatch star speak before. Uh, pleasure of Tommy Lee. Um, Dater of drummers. Uh, <laughs> please. Uh, mamas don't let your daughters grow up to date drummers. So that's uh, Pam Anderson hoping for that pardon. Joe Exotic Tiger King is apparently waiting for a pardon also. We have barely 24 hours to go for Trump to pardon the Tiger King. I actually, actually see Trump doing that, just as kind of a the media will talk about this the, on your cable news show. I don't think Joe Exotic is going to hire anybody else to kill Carol Bass. <laughs> I think America would be safe if you were well, on the street. There are a lot of people that are in prison that are not going to commit another crime, but yeah. they don't, they're not famous. Or yeah. That's the problem I always have with it, or you don't have the right connections. Anyway. Toothless, uh, bemulleted tweakers. Speaking mm. of big-boobed blondes, as we were a moment ago, Pam Anderson, it's Dolly Parton's birthday? Mm. The only reason I bring that up is... Uh, she was just on the Today Show, and I saw on that feature about musicians, Dolly Parton is the worth more than any country music star in the world, $600 million. Wow. 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 It's her birthday today. Born yes. the same year as The Hills. <laughs> uh, yeah, but a great lady, though. Fine human being, according to all accounts, right? Wrote Jolene and I Will Always Love You on the same day. Really? That's, That's funny how that, that works. fascinates me. Yeah. Wow. Her muse was talking to her. Anyway, I don't know if you've heard about this, but the Democrats are talking about impeaching the president who will be out of office tomorrow at noon Eastern Standard Time. Seems like an odd move from my perspective. I predicted it wouldn't happen. I think I'm going to be wrong. Really? You think it's going to happen? Uh, yeah. And I, I The t- Senate is going to hold the trial. Yes. I heard one of the great jackasses of our time, Eric Swalwell... <laughs> On, uh, well, the place he deserved to be is CNN. Uh, talking spy about this. humper. But be, yeah, exactly. Well, she was a cutie. He didn't know she was a spy, or did he? <laughs> uh, a couple of thoughts uh, by heavyweights on uh, impeachment. Clip number 40, Sean, if you'd be so kind. I don't think there's any promised uh, date when uh, Speaker Pelosi is going to present the articles of impeachment. We understand the Constitution. We have a responsibility to act as quickly as possible. This is insane at every level. It will create further division in the country. What good comes from impeaching Donald Trump after he leaves office? This is a scarlet letter impeachment. That's Dick Durbin, then Lindsey Graham, and then Britt Hume, whose opinion I'm increasingly fond of. A voice of reason, you know, just a howling mob in clip 41 talking about impeachment. Wednesday's the day when the Trump era officially ends and the Biden era begins. It is the traditional beginning of the uh, proverbial first 100 days when a president wants to hold the spotlight, uh, place it on his or her agenda. It hasn't been a her yet, but on his agenda and and move forward. And if you're in an impeachment conviction uh, trial... Uh, for conviction in the Senate, uh, you're off on a on an entirely different mission, one that is bound to hog the headlines and keep Trump in the limelight and detract from what the what President Biden is trying, the new President Biden is trying to do. So, um, you know, I think it's a good question of whether Nancy Pelosi will send the articles over. 
So I was uh, listening to the unlistenable CNN this morning, and Eric Swalwell was on there, and they were asking him, uh, will you send the articles to the Senate uh, on uh, Wednesday? Because he's you know, one of the managers? Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. I had meant to point that out. Yes, indeed. Evidently, he's uh, he's not uh, rolling around on top of Chinese intelligence agents and has cleared his schedule to be an impeachment manager. But... <laughs> and yes, we're looking at you, Eric Swalwell, you lying creep. So uh, he is indeed employed in that capacity, as Jack points out, and... They asked him, so when are you going to send the articles over? Well, you know, the speaker is, the, we're looking to the speaker for so leadership. No answer. And That's blah, blah, blah. interesting. Well, what's your strategy going to be? Well, we've agreed as a team that we're not, you know, when I was a prosecutor, I would certainly not disclose my uh, strategy to the, well, wait a minute. And to their credit, they realized you're not telling us anything about this historic second impeachment. They couldn't get when. What? Who? How long are you going to permit witnesses? Well, we're. I wonder what's so. I wonder, are they still discussing whether or not it's a good idea? I wonder what the holdup is. That was the idea I got. I mean, because he was stonewalling completely. He wouldn't even throw them just a little bone. There's no way Joe Biden thinks it's a good idea. There will be no honeymoon for him if they do impeachment starting Thursday. I wonder if in the uh, darkest hallways of the transition team, there's a shouting match going on over impeachment. It sounds like it. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I have a black Ford F-350, and it was broken into last night. A white Suburban came at 5.37 a.m., broke the window, and uh, stole this this boom box that one of my dearest friends gave me as a birthday gift. And I'm a little disturbed because the boom box has a sentimental value. I'm offering a reward to find that boom box. I love you, Jackson. I appreciate you. Please. Boombox. <laughs> the great Deion Sanders, NFL hero. Drives an F three fifty. Cool. And his friend gave him a big old boombox. That's kind of that's a kind of a fun throwback gift. In football news for players who aren't fifty years old, Patrick Mahomes, the biggest star in the world for the NFL, still don't know if he's gonna play this weekend. He's concussed. Oh they are the defending Super Bowl champions. If he plays, the Chiefs are four-point favorites. They uh, speculate if he doesn't play, they're seven-point underdogs. Yeah, wow. And having watched the play, I tell you what, it was not one of those. His head got hit, and and you could tell he was uncomfortable. It was like, where am I? What day is this? He was about out. Who? Yeah. Uh, That'd be a heck of a thing. Injuries, Jack. <laughs> Injuries affect football <laughs> very muchly. What are you going to do? Injuries, Jack. <laughs> Injuries, Jack. A little freak you bring your bag up That's here. That's exactly right. Anyway, sorry. I hope he feels better. Not only is he a, a great football player, but come on now. You lose the quarterback. It's just it's a different football team. Although, anything's possible. Oh, boy. The Hennessance. <laughs> hey, so um, Fox, probably a fair number of people who who listen to our show watch Fox at least occasionally. 
They have an all-new lineup that debuted this week? Uh, to a large extent, yeah. Martha McCallum, The Story, which was a little more hard newsy, has been bouged and moved into the afternoon in favor of a new, like, multi-host rotating cast of more opiniony hosts uh, to go between Brett Bear and Tucker Carlson. Okay, and that's an opinion-ish show as opposed to a news-ish show? That's the analysis I read, was that it's uh, supposed to be a better lead-in for Tucker and Hannity. Huh, that's interesting, because it looked to me like the lineup includes more news than it did before. You got the show with John Roberts and whoever. That looks, I'm, i got to assume that's a news show. I don't think he's giving opinions. And you still have Bill Hemmer and, and Dana, what's her name? Perino. Perino. Yeah. Um... Anyway, so I was happy to see the quite a bit of news because Fox News coverage is fantastic. Um, yeah, it's good. It's solid. It's even-handed. The word on the street among the people who in the new is that CNBC is coming for Fox. I have wondered for years why are all these different outlets saying, uh, "Hey, it left. You can split up the ratings among MSNBC and CNN and NPR and everything else that's on television. Mm-hmm. We'll let Fox have their own thing and have the number one show in America and make all the money." I've always wondered why somebody didn't take a run at them. Well, CNBC apparently is going to mm. and try to peel off or at least split the conservative-ish, at least uh, viewer. Hmm. Which I, you know, more voices the better. You heard any names bandied about yet? Gonna uh, hire any big names? Um, uh, what's his name is already there. Yeah, they already got Shepard Smith. Shepard Smith. Oh right. Well, yeah. he's a liberal. Build, build on that. Well, the the idea would be you ca- you have a, a variety of voices like Fox does. That's the thing that drives me crazy about the um people who don't actually watch Fox's <laughs> fixed news <laughs> view of Fox. They have way more diversity of opinion on Fox than they ever have on MSNBC. I don't remember ever watching MSNBC where you're going to see anybody stand up for something Trump did ever. Mm-hmm. Ever. You watch a Fox panel they have on there, you got some people think impeachment needs to happen. What what Trump did was awful and some people who think it wasn't. And they pick the topic. It's always the same. Um they have a variety of opinions. They don't do that on other channels. They don't do that in other newspapers. Yeah. Mar Eliason, who's the uh, chief political correspondent for NPR, is on Brett Baer's show, a special report on a near nightly basis. Can you imagine uh, one of the editorial writers from the the uh, Wall Street Journal on CNN every day? Please. Or even NBC, right, NBC right, or CBS right, or ABC. Right. Let's not let them off the hook. Oh, speaking of which, Katie Couric is back in the news. Not for being a kitty pie this time. I can't remember. Were we going to do something here? Yes. It's totally flitted out of my mind. Doesn't matter. We'll do it later. I know. I think I think I'm to blame here. <laughs> I'm not certain, but I feel like I am. Well, I would point the finger, but when you point a finger at someone else, you got four fingers pointing back no, at you. No, you don't. It's not how hands not work. If you're normal, your hand is formed normal. Anyway, <laughs> uh, listen to Katie Couric, would you, in, in clip number 70. It's really bizarre, isn't it, when you think about how AWOL so many of these members of Congress have gotten. But I also think some of them are believing the garbage that they are being fed 24-7 on the Internet, by their constituents. And they bought into this big lie. And the question is, how are we going to really almost deprogram these people who have signed up for the cult of Trump? Wow, interesting. The WAPO's Eugene Robinson, similar sentiments in 71. There are millions of Americans, um, uh, almost all white, almost all Republicans, who 
somehow need to be deprogrammed. They're, it, it, it's as if they, 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 they're members of a cult, the Trumpist cult. That guy sounds like he's trying to have his voice disguised on like some sort of new... <laughs> I was there and I saw them shredding the paperwork at two in the morning. The mob does exist. I there are millions of Americans. For years. Uh, You're right, Doug. My white, face is disguised. I can't recognize who I am. I'm a somehow need to be deep... Anyway, so you need to be deprogrammed, you damn cultists. Uh, and, and, and meanwhile, the left is just perfectly logical and normal. I bring to your attention a term I learned yesterday, which is, um, I want to get this right because it's so bizarre and counterintuitive, multiracial whiteness, that if you are uh, a Trump supporter or like a conservative, but you're a person of color, don't you understand you're not allowed to think like that and you're you've caught or... So, so toxic whiteness has now become a, it's not your skin color, it's a point of view. Yes, exactly. Which is racial whiteness. Scarier, I think. Is the desire of some people of color to lay claim to the politics of aggression, exclusion, and domination. Which is hilarious since the left is so aggressive, exclusionary, and dominating. Uh, but yeah, so if you are a person who is not like a white Anglo-Saxon Protestant, um, and you think for yourself, you have multiracial whiteness, and I, I hope they come up with a cure. I don't know. Let's <laughs> have a telethon or something. Um, uh, this has been in the news a little bit lately because there have been some high-profile executions. Had this woman executed the other day. First federal execution of a woman in 70 years. The crime she committed was the most horrible thing I've ever heard in my life. Unspeakable, yeah. She, um, was, she was crazy. I mean, she's full-on crazy. It's a sad story. But anytime there's a high-profile execution, it gets the conversation going about the death penalty in the United States. I saw a map the other day of how many countries in the world uh, still have capital punishments. Not very many. I mean, you know, your your Saudi Arabia's, your China's, those kind of places do it, but there aren't very many first world countries that still do it. Uh, I've gone back and forth on the death penalty in my life, but support for the death penalty is the lowest it's been in fifty years, according to the most recent Gallup poll. Yeah, I'm not surprised. The last time more Americans were opposed to capital punishment for convicted murders was in 1972. Why did it hit a low in 72? Any particular reason? Disco. Too early. Way too early. Um, um, was it a, a collapse of belief in the government after Watergate? Or I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know. I'm just guessing. You know what? Vietnam a, War, I don't know. It could easily be a single case of somebody being executed that a lot of Americans thought was unjust. It might have just been one. So the high was in 1995. Bill Clinton got elected president as a Democrat being pro-death penalty mm-hmm. in 92. Um, he the, and Joe Biden famously, giant anti-crime measures. The high was in 95 where 80% of Americans were pro-death penalty. Wow, 80. And what's the current and only, number? And only 13 against in the mid-90s. Whoa! Wow! That's like, you know, one of those controlling the borders. Everybody agrees. You wouldn't know that. But everybody pretty much agrees. Still majority support the death penalty, but it's 55-43. That's a good, solid win. I mean, okay. that's, that's a 12-point win. Oh, okay. I thought it was underwater, but it's not. No, no. Still majority okay. opinion. But it's the lowest it's been in 50 years. Um, like I said, I've gone back and forth on it. I think my current state is I'm against it. Yeah, I hear you. 
I hear you. I've gone back and forth myself. I don't have a really strong opinion on it. I have, I've, I've strongly considered it, but I haven't come up with strong opinion. Lately. I have said for years, and I will continue to say, I think it's an interesting one to decide to dedicate your life to changing. These scumbags are being executed. There's lots of causes out. There's a lot of injustice in the world. That's not the one I'm going to spend my time on. Right. That woman the other day, you read about her crime. I'm glad she's gone. I could have killed her myself. It doesn't bother me that she's gone. Whether or not the state ought to be able to take human life, perfectly reasonable discussion, but you can only put your energy into overturning so many injustices. I'm not going to spend my time on that one. Right. Right. I hear you. Speaking of women and lives being taken, uh, Gwyneth Paltrow's VJJ candle exploded <sighs> in a woman's home. I believe you're fascinated with this in a way that's uh, odd. Anything I can do to discredit the lame Gwyneth Paltrow is a pleasure. She was in the Oscar-winning picture. <laughs> Shakespeare in Love, oh. which beats Saving Private Ryan. Talk about an injustice. Now, there's something I'll march for. Right. Why they didn't end the Oscars that year and never <laughs> hold them again. Well, it's a miscarriage of justice. That movie was okay at best. It was charming. It, it was, was all fine. right for a movie. You go out it's and fine. start and think it was worth, you know, doing something. I liked it. That was good, honey. Yeah, that, that, that was the also end. the movie that made Harvey Weinstein kind of the darling of the industry when that that movie beat out the the small little thing, beat out Saving Private Ryan. Had Ryan. he raped enough of the voters or threatened them? Yeah, Is that threatened how you? Them, apparently. But uh, Gwyneth Paltrow, who's a uh, seller of crap to soft-headed gals, <laughs> um, oh. uh, released a candle which allegedly is scented the same as her her her, uh, her private I regions. Don't even want to drill down on the the how the Again, why. You must trust me. I am a skilled wordsmith. I just I, I, I just I seriously don't understand the point. I don't know how they go about doing it. And now, uh, who would want it? Of the candle? Ladies, here's what uh, Gwyneth claims. Hers, both the candle and, and, and the parts, uh, have notes including geranium, citrusy bergamot, cedar absolutus, just, just, juxtaposed with damask rose and ambrette seed. <laughs> if, if yours doesn't... <laughs> There's something wrong with you. Oh, my God. See yeah. position. <laughs> exactly. Um, uh, so, anyway. Uh, that, those are, some of those words are made up, right? Those are made up words. Uh, you're asking the wrong guy. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, so, this gal in, in Britain won one of these things in some sort of contest. And uh, she and her man decided to light it just for chuckles. And uh, uh, Jody Thompson, age 50, says the candle exploded and emitted huge flames with bits flying everywhere. <laughs> never seen anything like it. The whole thing was ablaze. It was too hot to touch. There was I'm an sorry, I wasn't paying attention. Are you talking about her for JJ or the candle? <laughs> the candle. Okay. The candle. Uh, they threw the flaming candle out the front door. <laughs> Could have burned the place down. It was scary at the time, but funny looking back that Gwyneth's JJ candle exploded in my living room, she said. Well, it's important you hang on to your sister. funny you looking know, back. These troubled times. You pay 75 uh, bucks for this thing. No, I don't. If you're, again, if you're just an idiot. <laughs> Oh, my God. Again, geranium, citrusy, bergamot, cedar, absolute. Cedar, that's what it was. (laughs) Juxtaposed with democs, grows, and ambrette seed. Ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together for citrusy, bergamot. (laughs) Or her exploding vajayjay. (laughs) That's a good band name right there. Yeah, it is. Wow, that's... uh... That is really un- unfortunate. That is anyway, so weird. I regret bringing <laughs> I, it to your attention. I almost feel like she thought, how far can I push this farce on these lamos? 
and like really went for it and still was able to pull it off. I almost admire that. Yeah, exactly. Not yeah. just the soaps and the handbags and the... The various uh, uh, marital aids. Yeah, yeah. No, no. For <laughs> amusement only, of course. <laughs> <laughs> On a closed course. With <laughs> Do a not helmet. attempt at home. <laughs> right. Armstrong and Getty. Portions of the following program will be recorded. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Well, it started out. The guard is 90 some odd percent, I believe, male. Uh, only about 20 percent of white males voted for Biden. You got to figure that in the guard, which is predominantly more conservative, and I see that on my social media, and we know it. They're probably not more than twenty-five percent of the people that are there protecting us who voted for Biden. The other seventy-five percent are in the class that would be uh, the, the large class of folks who might want to uh, uh, do something. So who was that? That's a heck of a thing to say. It's a man called Steve Cohen. Steve Cohen, and oh, he's, he's a congressman. Yeah, congressman. Um, what what a thing to say! Well, a lot Mark, of white males in the National Guard, so I don't know. They probably want to do something. Say I were a congressman, and say I was an idiot, but I repeat myself: Mark Twain. Mm. Mm. So on the heels of that, though, and there was quite a an outcry from the right about you know making that sort of comment. I mean, God, we're so far down the road of craziness with this white supremacy stuff. Oh yeah. Um, but two members of the U.S. National Guard have been relieved of their inauguration security duties after background checks revealed ties to far-right militia groups, a report said Tuesday. So there you go. All right. Um, you know, while we're on that topic, I'll do this, because the, the, I'm really getting concerned. You know, the various actual white supremacists who've done various things over the, you know, years in particular, particularly the last couple of weeks, are not helping the argument any. But this idea that everybody white is part of white supremacy, and, uh, it's just, well, it's just, it's nuts. Well, it's, well, the schools and universities are teaching that. Right. Unless you are tearing down the country, you are a white supremacist. So, I don't remember who said this. I saw it retweeted on Ben Shapiro's account. Um, it's an essay by one of your smarty pants thinkers about... Political science, as in, uh, as a as a thing, and a, and you know, and a college major, and all that. Instead, I've thought about the field's historical entanglement with colonization, imperialism, fascism, and conquest. Scratch beneath the surface, surface, dig a little bit into the past, and you'll find that the history of American political science, much like American democracy, is also a history of white supremacy. This growing idea by some of the crackpots out there, and they never get any pushback on it whatsoever. You know, big newspapers print it, big cable channels, let them say this crap. Just nod their head appreciatively. Over yes, and over yes, again. Yes. That were just shot through and through with white supremacy and systemic racism with hardly any pushback whatsoever. Right. Is going to ruin us. It's going to cause so much violence eventually. What about political science in Sweden? Is that white supremacy? There ain't a guy as dark-skinned as me <laughs> over the last several hundred years in Sweden. There is. Every northern European country. 
There is some pushback from Bill Maher and Sam Harris. We're going to talk about that next hour if you get the next hour of the Armstrong and Getty Show. Came across and this. And Matt Taibbi and others, too. Yeah. This is how the super rich are beating you to the vaccine. I knew that the connected would get to the vaccine. Of course they will. They, they always do. Uh, as health workers wait to be vaccinated many places in the world, the wealthy are jumping the line to get jabs on vaccine holidays in places like Dubai and Goa. Where's Goa? Goa? You're making that up. GOA. I don't believe I've ever heard of Goa. This week, a wealthy... Well, you're obviously not of a certain class. No, I'm not. That flies from Dubai to Goa and back on a regular basis. Clearly not. Uh, on the coastline of Western India, of, of course. Of course it is. Surprised this, you didn't know that. This week, a wealthy couple will fly from London to Dubai in the United Arab Emirates. They'll be picked up at the airport in a Bentley or a Range Rover and taken to a luxury villa. I've been in a Range Rover. I don't think I've ever been in a Bentley. Can I choose that one? <laughs> the following day, the same car will take them to a private health clinic where they will be given the first shot of the COVID-19 vaccine of their choice. Yes. With offerings from Pfizer, AstraZeneca, and Sinopharm on the table. Three weeks later, they will return to the clinic from their villa and have the second shot. All this will be made possible for $25,000. I'm in. But no cocktails, right? Because it's the Muslim world? Or is that one of those places where they kind of wink and nod for foreigners? Surely for $26,000 you can get cocktails thrown in. Yeah, trust me. It's worth it. Go with the all you can eat at the bar. You know, that offer. If I had the money, I would do that too. Why wouldn't I? Sounds like a great vacation. Armstrong and Getty.